Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. As far as um, actually playing and going back down into Orlando, I'm, I'm still up in the air a little bit. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win! Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. Will sports ever be the same? That's the question that's popped up over and over in my head the last week or so. Will sports ever be the same? Everything's changing all around us. Our entire lives are changing. Sports can be included in that. Um, After hearing about some of the players' concerns since the NBA announced their plan to restart the season, um... Once again, it's obvious that the world of sports and the world in general will never be the same. There are some clearer public plans now, um, clearer about how the league would finish the year and transition into next season with more limited time. There are also players in the NBA starting to question bigger things about the bubble league in Orlando, like whether or not star players, for instance, would be treated Uh, The same as role players or a lot of health questions still being tossed about coronavirus and uh, what the league would do if a player tests positive or if multiple people test positive or whether they even want to play at all right now after all the social unrest in response to the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police. I'll be honest with you, Rip City. I am less confident than I was a week ago that we'll see NBA basketball for sure this summer. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you. Episode 24 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions about Rip City, want answered on the show, or if you heard something I said and want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, please. It's on the air, Jordan, with an O. The show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. All right, so more details about the return of the NBA becoming public this week. We've got a much clearer timeline of not just the finish of the 2019-2020 season, But what starting next year in December would look like? Because we've all been kind of wondering about, hey, you know, the NBA getting pushed back to Christmas forever. Is that going to happen? Well, here are the latest dates being thrown out there as a plan to get the NBA back to normal, per se, I guess. Uh, What's normal nowadays, right? Uh, This is according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, NBA insider. Freaking awesome. If you haven't followed him on Twitter, go do so. Uh, So June 15th, uh, the international players uh, that are not staying in the U.S. right now would be told to return to their respective markets. Uh, Then about a week later, June 21st, they would be then reporting to the team, practice facilities and whatnot. Uh, The next day, coronavirus testing begins. Then June 30th, uh, another week after that, uh, the beginning of all training camps that would be taking place at the practice facilities of the respective teams. Uh, Then a week after that, July 7th, after the July 4th holiday, they would be traveling to Orlando to start the Bubble League and finish training camp there. And now um, a day back, a day earlier 
than the NBA had originally stated. July 30th uh, would be the beginning of the restarted 2019-2020 season. Uh, that would be the eight-game regular season that they have talked about. Then August 15th and 16th, a play-in tournament if necessary. And August 17th, the beginning of round one of the postseason. August 25th, happening during the playoffs, the NBA Draft Lottery. August 31st, the beginning of the second round of the postseason. Then September 15th, the conference finals get going. September 30th, the beginning of the NBA Finals. Then Looks like October 12th would be Game 7 of the NBA Finals, if necessary. And then October 15th, the NBA Draft. Um, so you're basically looking at a very abbreviated season going into an offseason. And the offseason, basically uh, October, mid-October starting there. And then with the NBA Draft, the free agency would start three days later on October 18th. Then less than about three, three and a half weeks later, November 10th, training camps would begin for 2021. And then opening night for 2021 would be December 1st. Uh, let me know what you think about that plan. Uh, basketball fans, hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O. Let me know what you think about. I, I know that we've got a lot to discuss about the NBA finals, but we've kind of been waiting for that. What do you think about a December 1st opening night? For the 2020-21 season, I want to hear what you're feeling about uh, if that would affect the players going forward in any way, positively or negatively. Hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O. So, in my opinion, having such an abbreviated season creates potential issues for some teams, especially ones that are playing late into the playoffs. I mean, you're looking obviously at the Lakers. Everybody expects them to go to the NBA Finals. The two teams that make the NBA Finals potentially have less than a month to recover before starting training camp for 2020-21. That puts them at a major disadvantage. Uh, people, though, on the other side of this plan that like it, they're going to argue that every team has kind of just been sitting on their asses the last four months because of the pandemic. That's very true. Not like they've been working out regular, you know, in gyms, though, because you heard uh, star players even like Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have a gym. Uh, at his house that is just insane dude you make so much money get those permits and get that construction started on your property i don't care if you're leaving milwaukee or not just get it done and hell get a sponsor to pay for it or something you need a basketball court at your disposal even if it's just a half court something man for the uh for somebody that's a, a perennial mvp candidate in the league every single year doesn't have a basketball court at his house <sighs> To quote Dame, you got plenty of money. Uh, go get that done. Uh, so basically, they haven't been working out in regular gyms, is my point. The routine that they've been used to their entire lives as basketball players, that's changing at this point, and it's changing forever. And that could, add a, that could have a negative impact on them going forward. I don't want to see the best of the best dealing with just trying to get their body right. That's their bread, man. That makes them their money. I know it's been hard for all of us. I think every employer out there, including the NBA, should be making things as easy as possible on their employees. Every single company out there, up to the NBA, up to the richest ones. It's what would happen in a perfect world anyways. Also, it wouldn't be very easy for front offices around the league to have such a shortened time in between seasons either. You think about not just the players, but guys making decisions. They might be a little more reactionary than anything at that point. That's just a theory of mine. I'd say that because it's most likely how I would operate with less time 
to make such an important decision. So how would you react uh, with less time to make? I mean, these decisions that you're making could affect your franchise for the next half a decade. So uh, nothing to sneeze at there. There is definitely less time to make those decisions, and that is a factor to think about going into the 2021 season and how the NBA is doing all this. Uh, so speaking of, I mentioned specific players um, that have had some questions about the NBA's return plan. One of them is in Rip City. Current Trailblazer, 10-time All-Star Carmelo Anthony joined TNT's Ernie Johnson this week to talk about the NBA's plan back to action. Uh, Ernie first asked him if he was ready to restart the season. Take a listen to his response. As far as a, from a physical standpoint, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, I'm, I'm in the gym, we're in the gym, uh, because we, we, we understand, um, you know, the minute that, you know, the horn go off, we have to be ready as a team in Portland, Portland specifically. So we, we, we're kind of approaching this, uh, a lot differently than a lot of other teams. Uh, I, I know the focus that we have. I know, you know, how locked in that we are right now and understanding, um, what's, what's ahead of us, but that, that also makes it exciting for me and, and for our team because, you know, this is all new to everybody, right? This, this will be new to everybody, new environment, new situations, new circumstances, new opportunities, um, guys coming back healthy, you know, so we, you know, having a full team healthy. So that that's a big point for us. Mello is not sure uh, if he actually wants to play in the bubble league, though, when the NBA resumes in Orlando, Florida. He has some reservations about the plan, uh, going as far as saying that he's not 100% committed at this point. Here's why. As far as um, actually playing and going back down into Orlando, we, I'm, I'm still up in the air a little bit because I yeah. really don't, you know, we, we don't have all the details. We don't know a lot of information. Uh, so until we have that, it's kind of hard to just, you know, co commit to it 100%. Other players have shared a very similar thought. A group of about 40 to 50 players held uh, conference calls over the last week, week and a half, to express their concerns about the 22-team plan. Uh, some players saying they are electing not to make the trip uh, for various reasons at this point, and some coaches or team personnel still being advised, I think I mentioned this on the last episode of Believe in Trailblazers, against traveling to Disney World, if they're thought to be uh, at a higher risk of coronavirus, basically you're looking at at-risk uh, people and uh, with uh, underlying health conditions and older people that are on staffs. So they might be being told just not to go. And then after that 40 to 50 player conference call, another conference call this week, including 200 players, was held uh, as well. And then per the Washington Post, the NBA basically indicated in an internal memo, this is once again per the WAPO, uh, sent to teams, this was uh, Friday of this week, that beginning plans for resumption of the 2019-2020 season remain on track. Games still set to begin July 30th, one day initially earlier than proposed. But the league and its players, this is the important part, have yet to reach an agreement on a health and safety protocol. So the major question about what would happen when a player tests positive for the coronavirus are still not totally answered. At least that's what it sounds like. And we're less than two months away from tipping off. Think about that. All right. We're actually kind of getting close to when this is supposed to start. I also mentioned earlier that uh, some are concerned about fair treatment inside the bubble. For instance, will stars be handled differently 
than role players? Will they be given you know more leeway to break the rules? Will LeBron be able to leave the bubble while someone like Nasir Little for the Blazers be forced to stay? Those are legit questions here. All of the players talking about their concerns raises the all-too-simple question. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to restart the NBA this summer? I understand that there is a ton of money at stake, but to quote Believe in Trailblazers a couple of episodes ago, which matters more, money or safety? I think safety does. And the NBA planning to play all these games in a state where COVID-19 numbers just jumped through the roof? I'm not sure that's the smartest thing to do still. Nine states have rising numbers again, including Florida. Now it's not just about COVID-19 or even safety. The world has kind of changed in the last two or three weeks. With all the protests that have been going on around the country, I completely understand why some of the best athletes in the world who are black men would want to focus on more important things than basketball. Uh, Former NBA player Matt Barnes expressed that many players are feeling this way. Current Blazers star Damian Lillard told GQ in a recently released interview what he was feeling about that. This is a quote from Damian Lillard. I'm just concerned uh, that so many people that it's like, how can I be consumed with a basketball game? Look at the lengths that we're going to play a basketball game when there's something so much greater going on. He went on to say, this is something that affects me personally, something so much more meaningful going on that really needs us. So, I mean, it's a battle for me every day. That was Damian Lillard quoted talking about the protests and the social unrest and uh, the call for change that he really wants to be a part of and that he's affected by. Other players argued, though, uh, on the other side of that coin, that the national television spotlight provided by the playoffs could offer the perfect stage for an a good protest and it's coordinated and it's meaningful. It's kind of going on on the national stage where you're getting the most eyes Uh, that is viewed by a positive by some players. It is worth noting uh, that according to ESPN's Woj NBA insider, the NBA and the players association are expected to agree on a provision that wouldn't require players to restart the season uh, nor subject them to discipline for staying at home. So basically they would just lose the money that uh, they would be getting for those games missed, which I think is a fair. If you're not going to show up, you're not going to get paid for those eight games. That's totally fine. And it sounds like even the NBA Players Association agreed on that, and it makes a lot of sense. The only reaction I have to all of this, and it's a lot to take in, is pretty simple. Just leave it all up to the players and coaches. It's their safety on the line, and it's obvious that NBA players are feeling very strongly about supporting their brothers and sisters after the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police. Wouldn't you? The right thing to do is just leave it up to them. Take the owners completely out of the equation. Just leave it up to the players. I'll say it again very clearly. Leave the decision to play this year or not completely up to the players. It's just the right thing to do. All right, uh, before we finish up, episode 24 of Believe in Trailblazers wanted to do an edition of This Week in Blazers History, uh, a very, very sad bit of news coming out of the Portland Trailblazers universe this week. Just very sad. By the way, if you're new to the show, the segment This Week in Blazers History is some time 
where we take to acknowledge a historical moment or person important to the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm not sure that any one person is more important than the founder. Harry Glickman, Trailblazers founder, passed away at age 96 this week. And I wanted to take some time uh, just to kind of acknowledge him and what he has done and tell just the brief story of how the Trailblazers came about under Harry Glickman and why they exist. He passed away this week at the age of 96, and we would not have the Trailblazers without this man taking a chance and putting his reputation on the line to get investors in line to give cash to the NBA. It just would not be the way that it is today without Harry Glickman, and I think that it is very important for us to acknowledge that as fans of Rip City. Just, uh, you know what, it's good that Harry Glickman got to live such a long life, 96. I think a lot of us uh, would be like, gosh, I hope I live that long, but it is still so sad to see the man that started the Portland Trailblazers, the team that we all love, pass on to the next realm. Uh, so to acknowledge Harry Glickman, here is an abbreviated story of him and his path to founding the Portland Trailblazers. Just grab this from a couple of different sources online and uh, wanted to read it to you because it's, it's fascinating, really. I mean, Harry Glickman, he was more so a promoter. Uh, starting the Portland Trailblazers. So let's just get into this. It's just great stuff. Harry Glickman dead at the age of 96 this week. Um, Harry, he uh, opened a company after college called Oregon Attraction and actually didn't even start promoting uh, basketball. It was boxing matches and then branched off into show business events, uh, more so concerts and whatnot. In 1955, he actually promoted a Pacific Northwest tour for Judy Garland course, star of Wizard of Oz, but apparently she refused to appear on stage for the last concert in Spokane, Washington. Uh, so Glickman got so irritated that he swore to only work with sports from here on out. I mean, kind of tired of those antics. I guess I would be too. Sounds dramatic. And I'm sure that she didn't want to appear on stage for anything serious it was probably something very trivial. I could be wrong and call me out if I am, but it, it just sounds like it's one of those stories where like a uh, what is it, Beyonce, she's known for taking uh, the list of instructions that she needs when she shows up to like a green room or wherever she's going to interview or perform. And one of those things on the list is like all a certain color of M&Ms, like there's only blue or only white or only green M&Ms. And it's just like, why in the hell would you have those demands? Afterwards, uh, Glickman, he, uh, this is huge. He brought preseason games from the National Football League to Portland's Multnomah Stadium. Also, the Harlem Globetrotters started playing in Portland because of Harry Glickman. And a postseason, I did not know this, there was a postseason NBA All-Star game at a time. He had that happening at the newly opened Memorial Coliseum. So before the Blazers even played a game there, an NBA All-Star game, postseason style, happened here in Portland. That's pretty cool. In 1960, he was one of the founders of the Portland Buckaroos of the Western Hockey League. That's totally different than the WHL uh, that we know now. The Buckaroos, one of the most successful franchises in minor league hockey history, three WHL championships and playing in three others. Uh, they were in the league 13 years overall, so almost half the time they were in the championship. Pretty damn good. 
The league overall folded in 1974, uh, lost a lot of big market teams, L.A., Vancouver, to the actual NHL. Then the Buckaroos moved to a different league themselves, and uh, after that, folded. So Glickman, he moved on to basketball because he had been interested in creating a basketball team in Portland as soon as the bond for the Memorial Coliseum was passed in 1954. Like we just mentioned, he got the NBA All-Star game in the Memorial Coliseum to happen. So while the NBA refused his offer back in 1954, in 59, Glickman then negotiated with Abe Saperstein to have a team in the ABL. Unfortunately, the league folded before he could do so. So in 1970, without any investor support at the time, this is what I was mentioning, Glickman took a chance, put his reputation on the line. He won an expansion franchise with the National Basketball Association. Of course, he had to come up with a $3.8 million fee in a matter of days. Thankfully, though, Glickman soon rounded up three wealthy real estate developers, Herman Sarkowski in Seattle, who then brought in Larry Weinberg from L.A. and Robert Schmertz of Boston. Later, Sarkowski and Schmertz gave their shares, sorry, sold their shares to Weinberg, who was the team's majority owner until the club was sold to Paul Allen in 1988. Glickman did that. That was all him. He didn't even have the money. How, how, you got to come up with $4 million in less than a week. Harry Glickman did that, and that's why the Trailblazers exist now. He went on to oversee all business and basketball operations as the GM of the Trailblazers from 1970 until his retirement in 87 and, and continued as the Blazers' president emeritus. Was just always a constant presence at the Rose Garden, now Moda Center. He was inducted into the Oregon Sports Hall of Fame in 1986 for his contribution to sports in Oregon. Contribution? I would say he is the face of sports in Oregon. Harry Glickman, thank you for everything that you did for all of us. Thank you for giving all of us something to root for and something to connect to and uh, something to just enjoy with our families, to just imagine life without the Trailblazers they exist, and we are here talking about them. I'm here hosting this podcast because of what Harry Glickman did. So thank you, Harry. Rest in peace. Harry Glickman, Trailblazers founder and president emeritus, dead at the age of 96 this week. And that's a wrap on episode 24 of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered or you think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the air, Jordan, with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please, please, please hit the download button and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. That's all for now, Portland fans. Please continue to stay healthy and wash your hands. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.